What do you do when evil must be vanquished, but you're just tired? Welcome to Gaining Advantage. Welcome to Gaining Advantage. We are using role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons to help you make lives better. It's been quite a month. In January, we had this whole open game license hassle, right? And that led to a lot of thinking, a lot of conversations, um, a lot of wasted time, honestly. Um, but it was exciting to see the community come together and to see what a party of individuals can do against a very powerful big bad evil guy. And so it's exciting to be past that and this has opened up new opportunities for us and uh, you know we are adapting and so with that i want to announce a little bit of a change at wormworks publishing while everything we've created so far has been for dungeons and dragons fifth edition in the future we're going to continue to do that right but we will also be developing for other platforms there's a couple other platforms that we're going to develop for uh, at the same time that will be that I will be doing or, or somebody else on the team. But we also are interested in people who have developed or worked on other platforms that are completely distinct from fifth edition to be able to take our content and then create versions of it to be able to use it in other game systems. Right. And so in order to do that, we have created a license called the Hybrid Agreement for Gaming, or HEG. Because, you know, when you're talking about contracts and licenses, working with a HEG just seems right, right? Hopefully it's not quite that uh, scary or corrupting. So if you're a developer or uh, of, of an RPG system besides fifth edition, or if you are used to working uh, within those systems, uh, contact me and, uh, and I'd love to help you out to make our content uh, more widely available. So you've been hearing me talk about the Limitless Champions minis Kickstarter. Uh, that has been delayed uh, because the OGL controversy was not the only uh, thing going on in people's lives. And, uh, and we just ran into some, uh, some stalls with that. And so uh, we're just putting that aside for a few months until we get that everything all taken care of. We want to make sure that as much as possible is ready to go before we even launch that Kickstarter so we can fulfill pretty quickly on that. Meanwhile, uh, we are starting another crowdfunding campaign. Uh, this one is on Crowdfunder, and there's a link in the show notes. It's called Inclusive Artwork, Fantasy Stock Art with Disability Representation for Tabletop Role-Playing Games. All right, now here's the idea behind this. When we were creating Limitless Heroics, I looked around for stock art because commissioning art is expensive and I wanted to commission a bunch of art for it and we did commission a lot of art for it. All right, but I was also looking to save a little bit of money by finding some stock art to add in too. And I found like three pieces total. And while Beth was doing layouts, she found a few more. But I could pretty comfortably say that the sum total of all D&D and fantasy related disability representation stock art is in Limitless Heroics. I mean, there's 
that little in the world. And so because of that, I want to make more available because there are all kinds of developers, uh, writers, and, and things that would like to add disability inclusion into the products that they're developing, but they can't afford the artwork because most tabletop role-playing game products run on a shoestring budget. A lot of them never even make back the money that they invest in them. And so because of that, we want to make it as affordable as possible for people to add this kind of inclusion, to illustrate this kind of inclusion. And so a number of our artists are creating artwork with a, a, just a wide variety. We've got service animals and, and uh, canes and things like that, uh, prosthetic wings, and, uh, and, and then all kinds of different characters and, and just all kinds of different, if you want to incorporate uh, disability representation into your uh, game product or also your game world because we'll have uh, more affordable uh, personal use licenses if you just want it for a around the table kind of thing and then we're going to make that available as a crowdfunding campaign so that you can get a nice big collection of artwork to be able to use and we want to make that available to as many people as possible and, and so we hope that you will support that uh, even if you're not a publisher and um and you think well how would i use this well number one you could use it in your game as you're creating npcs or other uh, uh characters items things like that in your game uh, you can use this artwork to show your players or to uh to find that just that perfect piece to illustrate the character that you'd like to create. We will, speaking of, have also have an option to create a character, to work with one of our artists uh, to design uh, some kind of art piece. And it can be a character or it can be uh, a, you know, a service animal or any number of, of different things. And, and you, we have different levels so that you can choose what you'd like and, and how detailed you'd like it and things like that so that we can try to match everyone's budget. So we really believe that by making this artwork available, that this could really have a transforming effect on the industry to remove one more obstacle from people that want to include this kind of diversity uh, and make it affordable for them. Right? And uh, also... Uh, speaking of Limitless Heroics, it is now available. If you haven't picked up a copy yet, there's a link in the show notes. You can go to our website. Just go to inclusiverpg.com, and you can that will take you right to it. And so we're excited to have that available in a number of different editions. Uh, we're still waiting on the uh, premium color version. Um, ran into some obstacles with the cover on that. And we want it to be perfect uh, because especially being print on demand, it's pretty expensive and we want to make sure people are getting their money's worth out of it. But you can pre-order that uh, if you are interested in that one. Otherwise, we have all different versions and uh, bundles with electronic versions uh, to match whatever your budget and needs are. And so as, as we get to today's interview, the catalyst for today's interview was during the OGL fiasco. Um, it was exhausting, and we wanted to talk about how to deal with the stress 
of, on the one hand, wanting to uh, to make a difference, to take a stand, to to unite and, you know, and and fight the big bad, but on the other hand, is pretty exhausting. And so, how do you deal with that? And and now that's pretty much over now. But yet at the same time, it's not like now everything's right in the world. And there's still plenty of things. I mean, we are doing a lot with uh, with disabilities and uh, fighting ableism, and that's an ongoing thing. And it's it's never going to go away completely. And so how do you deal with that? How do you keep fighting, but also take care of yourself at the same time? And so I'm very excited about that interview and, and and just being able to talk about how to do that in a healthy way. And so with that, let's get right to our interview. It's often said that kindness is a free action, but that's not entirely true. Helping people comes at a cost. It takes time, emotional energy, and often other resources, and it can be overwhelming. Today, we welcome Simone Arnold, owner of Heroes Journey Counseling in Vermont to talk about that. Welcome, Simone. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, so what would you like us to know about you personally, specifically speaking to the role-playing game crowd? Yeah, so I work as a clinical mental health counselor in the state of Vermont, and I am also a certified geek therapist. I have been playing tabletop RPGs, video games, and gosh, it's probably easier for me to list the fandoms that I haven't engaged in than it is to list the ones that I have. Um, but I do have a special place in my heart for tabletop RPG games. They are probably the bread and butter, the thing that I look forward to doing the most. And so let's start with an overview of what is outrage fatigue? Yeah, so outrage fatigue is something that occurs in a lot of um, social justice movements and various campaigns similar to them, where something happens that is deeply upsetting, is viewed as unjust or unfair, and there is an initial kind of like outcry of outrage. And then what happens is it's really challenging to sustain that outrage over time and can lead to burnout. And additionally, sometimes when we're dealing with systemic issues, you know, thinking of like the Black Lives Matter movement, where there are going to be continued repeated um, incidents of violence towards those communities, it becomes harder to continue to escalate as more and more violence occurs. And so you, you in a sense, burn out and sometimes can even have basically, um, you know, empathy fatigue. It's really hard to continue to stay engaged and to continue working towards change because of how disheartening it can feel sometimes. And so then how do we balance the desire to make the world better or fight injustice with their own limitations. Like, how do you know when to stop before burning out? How do you avoid that kind of, um, it almost feels like you, it's not that you don't care, but, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it feels like you said, empathy fatigue, that it's, it's just harder to, uh, to engage emotionally with it. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is a great question and a question that has been asked in so many spaces. How do we keep people activated and motivated and like continuing to work towards change when a lot of these fights are going to be years, sometimes decades in the making, and it's not going to be over in a couple of months. So I think that's the first thing to keep in mind is this is a marathon, not a race. Will there be key moments where we may need to do more? Absolutely. But we want to make sure that we're engaging in things in a way that feels sustainable to us. And that means also prioritizing rest. And rest can look like a lot of things. You know, rest could be spending time with people that we care and we love. It could be spending time playing tabletop RPGs and engaging in our hobbies. Sometimes it's actual physical rest. But the whole idea is that we still need to have those things in our life and create balance between them. Now, the challenge with that sometimes is that people feel like they're failing the movement if they're taking care of themselves and doing something different. And the reality, it's very much like the old adage, you have to put your own um, oxygen mask on before you help someone else. If you have nothing to give, if you are on E, you're going to basically stop showing up for these things and stop being as effective. And that in the long run is much less helpful than if you're taking care of yourself and taking the breaks that you need. And so a big part of this is creating balance and sustainability. The other part that often doesn't get talked about a lot is that in a lot of these spaces, sometimes people are acting from a place of trauma because they've experienced things that are really deeply personal and feel like personal attacks. And so it's really important to recognize when that's getting activated in yourself and how that may be pushing you to feel like you need to do stuff constantly. And that's a great time to actually talk to a mental health professional to help you in like working through those things and balancing and taking care of yourself. Okay. So um, I often say you can't fill from an empty bucket. Mm -hmm. So you find ways to fill that. All right. But the worst feeling for me in the world is mm -hmm. being unable to help where I see the help is needed, right? How do we deal with that experience? Yeah, so what I find helpful and a lot of the people I work with find helpful is the idea is oftentimes we get caught up in like the big overarching narrative that's happening, right? So we think like, oh, we're never gonna be able to take down, you know, this big company, this big organization, whatever the big, you know, the big bad evil guy is. But just like in any adventure, you don't go straight to the BBEG, right? You actually start with doing smaller things. And oftentimes a big part of that is building up who your adventuring party is. And so if you're not sure where to start, start first with building connection, figuring out who are the people who are interested in this. I guarantee there's probably already people who have started those organizations. And if you've done a thorough search and there aren't, then that's a great time to start reaching out to people who share in your concern and starting to build an idea together of what you guys want to do. Grassroots change and like working together and creating that small local change inevitably translates to us taking out whoever the big bad evil guy is. And so what are some warning signs that you're getting close to burnout? I would say warning signs of getting close to burnout. Um, 
for all my peeps who have like chronic health conditions, if you start seeing your chronic health conditions like really flaring up, so a lot of increased pain, maybe your stomach is more upset than usual, you're getting more migraines and headaches, that is a, you know, a sign that your stress response is just getting overwhelmed. Other ones is maybe you're avoiding Maybe you're avoiding things related to this topic and stuff. So, for example, if we're talking specifically about the 5E controversy with the OGL, maybe you notice like you don't even want to engage in anything related to D&D anymore. And you find yourself not even looking forward to going to your gaming sessions with your friends. And so the idea of kind of like pulling away or if you notice yourself feeling kind of numb in response to news that would normally have provoked a pretty strong reaction. Those tend to be like really great signs that you're starting to feel burnt out and maybe you're not taking care of yourself in the way that you need to or your community is not taking care of yourself in the way that you need to be taken care of. Yeah, that's so valuable just thinking about and how D&D principles apply to this you know that uh don't be afraid to take a short rest you need that uh don't mm -hmm. be afraid to take a long rest and um uh and and unlike dnd uh you can't always just uh get eight hours and then you're good to go um you know mm -hmm. back up to full hit points you know you might need more time than that so absolutely and uh and and we need healers uh and uh, things to uh to help us in the short term too mm -hmm. all right so what are the tips you have for making the world better while maintaining your own health mm. i think the first tip is listening to your body um you know really checking in with you and making sure that you're taking care of your basic needs are you getting sleep you know, are you hydrating? Are you getting the food that your body needs? Are you making sure all of your other like physical body needs are being taken care of? Two, do you have a community or a friend network or a family network, however you choose to identify them, that you can lean on when you're struggling? Some of them may be directly involved with what you're going through and what you're trying to support. Some of them may not be, and everyone has a different role that they can play. Not everyone can be a cleric, right? Some people are going to be that sorcerer or that warlock, and they're just as valuable in that care network. Um, those are some of like the really big ones. The other ones is allowing yourself to still have fun, right? It doesn't have to be everything and allowing yourself to take a break from those other things. Big ones where I see people kind of get like sucked in is the news kind of like going back to the news and reading a bunch and getting oversaturated. It is okay if you need to take a media break. Sometimes we just need to do that. I do that even when I notice myself getting overwhelmed. Maybe it's time for me to take a day or two away from TikTok or maybe to not check the Discord directly related to this project and just take some time to decompress and be with myself and to be surrounded by things and to fuel back up, regain my spell slots and everything and get rid of some of the conditions that I have that are lingering from when I was immersed in it before. Oh, yeah, especially if you talk about social media, uh, we consider uh, the mm -hmm. algorithm-based ones like uh, Twitter mm -hmm. and Facebook. Uh, they are specifically geared toward uh, anger and rage. And mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, if you're already kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed uh, by all that, um, that's just, it's going to amplify it. It's just going to keep 
you know, kind of digging in mm-hmm. and, and trying to uh, get that more and more because that's how it uh, gains engagement. Absolutely. Yeah. You talk about uh, self-reflection. Um, my daughter has autism in the way that she navigates uh, social situations. On the one hand, she's very empathetic, um, mm-hmm. but she doesn't always know how to express that. And so her mm-hmm. kind of key phrase that she uses uh, it, to engage with people is, how are you feeling? Right. And um, and it, it always just strikes me that, you know, she'll, she'll say that to me. And I'll just stop because I don't, you know, it's not just, Hey, what's up kind of thing. Like she's, she's like, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? You know? And, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so often I don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) um, I'll have to get back to you on that because I'm not sure I can assign a word to what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Emotions are hard for a lot of folks. So you may not know how you're feeling. And sometimes it also makes it hard to ask for help because you don't know what you're feeling um, or what you need. So if you're someone who struggles with that, um, a suggestion around that is talking to the people who are gonna be your support people ahead of time and coming up with like a brainstorm of what are things that have worked well historically to support me when I'm feeling overwhelmed? What's felt helpful, what's not felt helpful? Like for some people hearing the phrase, like, how are you feeling might be like super unhelpful to them, but no one will know. And they may just not be in the headspace when that's asked to advocate around it. So, and then for other people, they may love that because they just need a place to like, be like, yeah, I'm feeling kind of crappy because this thing happened. So I think just having that open dialogue is really great. And like advocating for what your needs are to feel supported. All right. So. Uh, what one message would you like to give to people who want to make a difference but don't know where to start? I would definitely say look around. Look in your community. Look at the people in your life. Um, again, it's so easy to get caught up in the big overarching narrative. And then we lose out on moments of connection that are directly available to us. Maybe your way of starting advocacy is educating other people in your life who may not know about this thing and like slowly making them more aware. And again, even though that's not as big as like knocking down the doors again of the the BBG's like castle and like taking them out with like a mighty swipe of your sword, it's still really important that that awareness step is important. A lot of times when it comes to advocacy work, it's a three prong approach. And one of the prongs is just educating people. Another prong is, you know, legislative change. And then another prong is like a lot of like direct action and stuff, but not all of those are gonna be available to everyone. Some people with like some disabled folk, they're not gonna be able to go to a protest. That's just not accessible to them, but they can educate people or maybe they're the people who know where all the resources are. And they're amazing at like disseminating that information to everyone who needs it. Some people are going to have the patience for dealing with people who are creating the laws or changing the rules or doing all of like that nitty gritty kind of like executive functiony based stuff. And other people have zero interest in it and that's not where they're at. And so I think it's really about allowing yourself to explore and not belittle what you can contribute because that happens so often. Every little bit helps. And then the other part is just listening to the people who are already there. I'm sure that they have a lot of ideas of how you can help. And they may have ideas for skills that you don't even realize would be helpful. Yeah. 
Yeah, and talking about the kind of big versus little uh, changes, um, I heard this great quote, and I can't remember who, uh, where it came from, but um, it really resonated with me. Uh, it said, you know, we, lots of people want to change the world, um, mm -hmm. but if you can change one person's world, mm -hmm. that's the whole world to them. Mm -hmm. And... Um, that's no small thing. Absolutely. All right. So what one message would you like to give people who want to make a difference, but don't know where to stop? Mm. My one message would be, it is okay to rest. As you said, you need to take short rests. You need to take long rests because eventually you will run out of spell slots and when you have no spell slots and you're caught in the middle of an encounter, you become more of a liability to your party than an asset. That's how people and parties end up dying or getting like really hurt or leaving a group. And so it's really important for you to take care of yourself. Stopping doesn't mean stopping forever. It just may mean taking a pause. And I think that's really important. Pauses are moments of reflection, moments of growth, Maybe you realizing what you need and what isn't working for you and what's going on instead of barreling through ahead and causing more emotional harm to yourself. And so stopping is not weakness. It actually takes a lot of insight and strength to choose to stop and reflect. And that, yeah, wow, that's such a great point. Um, I, you know, I think about, I, Oh, you know, with where you have uh, elves that live for thousands of years or whatever, and um, and they're kind of changing some of this lore now. But you know, mm -hmm. orcs used to be very short-lived and and stuff, and 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 some of that would kind of reflect on you know society that you're not as patient, you know, and um, and and I often feel the sort of you know I, I look at how old I am and and I go okay, well, I'm past halfway, you know, I've only got so much time left in my life. And, you know, I, I want to make the most of that and stuff. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, there can be that, that urge to just, I got to keep going, got to keep going. There's only so much time left. But mm -hmm. then you actually become less efficient and accomplish mm -hmm. less overall. Um, if, if you're running on, well, if you're out of spell slots, if you're, you know, you, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, no, if I really want to make a difference, I got to slow down. Absolutely. And sometimes when we are trying to move ahead at breakneck speeds, we miss out on people who would be wonderful assets to a movement, right? For a lot of disabled folk, that's a common thing. We just need to move slower. We need more time to recover between things. And um, when movements just like rush ahead, you know, really important, insightful voices get left behind. So again, slowing down also allows more people to join in your movement. It also allows you to think more critically about the steps. Sometimes we think any change is good change. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but sometimes in history, change happens and there are these really unintended consequences. And the reason they ended up happening is a lot of people who were left behind were like, we could have told you that was happening. That was going to happen if you did this. But people got so caught up in the idea that any change is good change and that as long as we can change something, it's better than nothing. 
Now, there is a little bit of merit to that, right? If we get caught in like a decision paralysis, but a lot of the times that isn't what we're getting caught up in. And instead we're getting caught up in the idea that we have to move towards change because we want to see a change happen in our lifetime, in a couple of years, in a couple of months, days, or week. And through that sometimes, like a barbarian, we attack recklessly, right? But that also means sometimes our enemy can attack recklessly back and like have advantage on us. So again, moving slowly, moving with purpose, taking breaks also allows you to assess the situation and come up with a plan and invite in different voices who have different perspectives. Yeah. All right. So what projects are you working on now that you can talk about? Yeah, so I'm working on um, a couple of things. Probably the ones that I am most excited about are a little bit of like to be determined when they're exactly going to start. So I have going to be working with a group of people on a podcast where we're going to be talking about different theories and counseling. Our hope is that it's not just accessible to other mental health professionals, but so that people who want to go to counseling or who just have an interest in psychology can kind of hear what's going on in the field and hear from other people who are therapists, our perspectives and experiences on like, is CBT really that great? Or is ACT therapy that awesome? Or what about Freud? Um, through kind of a critical lens, which we hope will be really helpful in people when they pursue counseling and understanding what they're getting into and other professionals coming into the field, hearing from people with experience. Other project that I'm hoping to be working on soon is creating a book that's basically the everything that we wish we knew before we got into the counseling field. Um, again, I think it's just going to be a really great resource because we want more people to enter and we want to make it more accessible for various voices to enter the field. And then lastly, if you like listening to me and you would like to see some of the um, some of the shenanigans I get up to and when I'm role playing, um, I am actually part of a live play D&D campaign that happens every other five at 8 p.m. Eastern Central Time. Um, I believe you're going to be including like a link or the handle for the Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. um, feel free to join us there. Three of the players are all geek therapists themselves. So it's a blast. And one of them happens to also be my partner, who is also quite an entertaining human being. And all of us are neurodiverse folk. So prepare for tan, tan, tangential um, narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I feel that so much. <laughs> all right. So we will have all your contact information in our show notes and, and those links you're talking about. Uh, but where is the one best place that you'd like people to start to learn more about you or to contact you? Yeah, I would say the best place to reach out to me is heroesjourneycounseling.net. That is my webpage. You are welcome to reach out to me. I only provide counseling currently in the state of Vermont, but if you ever want a consultation around um, neurodiversity with a special focus in working with autistic folk um, or around geek therapy stuff, I'm very happy to talk to people about that. That is a, a service I provide. Or if you just want to chat about stuff, please feel free to reach out. Right, and we haven't mentioned this yet, but I have to. Uh, Simone was also on the uh, Limitless Heroes, Heroics Project, uh, both as a sensitivity reader and uh, helped create several of the NPCs in there, uh, worked with our backers to to create those and, and made some of their own and, and uh, phenomenal. And so I really appreciate all your work on that uh, and being on the team. All right, so thanks for coming on the show and everyone check out those links in the show notes. 
right. Thank you. That was awesome. I'm so excited that Simone was able to come on and help us out with that. Um, and so I hope that that was beneficial to you as well. I'd like to thank everybody that makes this show possible. A big shout out to all of our patrons, especially to our new ones, Ronald, Launchy Cat, Teresa, and Bill. Thank you so much for your support. Right? If you are interested in supporting the show and all of the work that we are doing to make lives better, you can go to the link in the show notes to our Patreon. And when you sign up for that, not only do you get the, the joy of knowing that you're making a difference in helping us transform an entire industry, but also we have all of our content in a modular format, like a wiki. Everything's all interlinked and uh, constantly adding new content to that. And everything that we have published is available that way. This is actually the most affordable at $3 a month. This is the most affordable way to access all of our content. And so our adventures, limitless heroics, uh, even upcoming things that aren't on Kickstarter yet are going to be available. Much of it is available there first. Uh, and so, uh, encourage you to check that out and we're yeah we're just constantly adding stuff to that all the time and so a huge thank you uh, to everyone who supports us in that way if you see this show being helpful if you're watching this on youtube hit the like button all right if you'd like to see more wherever you're consuming this subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes we have lots of exciting things coming if you know people that need to hear this that are struggling that are burned out pass it on to them. And if you, like me, think, wow, everyone needs to hear this, this can really help lots of people. Pass it on to your social media friends. And I can't emphasize enough the value of rating the podcast. You, whatever, if you're watching this, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're consuming this show, all right, click on those ratings. Even if you don't have time to, uh, to write up a review, even just going in there, hitting that five-star rating or whatever you think it's worth makes a huge difference because it tells those uh, podcast systems that, yeah, people are interested in this and this is worth checking out and they will show it to more people that way. Thank you so much for joining us to make lives better with role-playing games. Let me close with this question. How do you do a long rest 